My name is Matt Pardee, one of the pastors here. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, we look forward to meeting you. Hopefully you can come to the picnic today. Uh, we would love to fellowship in that realm. We just finished up a series, a long series in the summer on the book of Proverbs. And next week we're going to start a new series on the book of Luke. But today I have this standalone teaching and I wanted to talk to you about Joshua chapter 1 because it's very timely for this new season that we have. We're in a new season. Every August as a church we say, hey, Let's reach out even more than we ever do before to invite people, to be others-oriented, to love the people of our community and our city and on campus. And so Joshua 1 is this great picture of us going out of our comfort zone to be aware of the people around us that need Jesus and are looking for fellowship. I think that this fall especially, we've been praying all summer. We believe that people are hungry for community. And we believe that people are hungry for Jesus. And so all of us together as a group, like we just want to be aware of that. We want to step out in faith and say, God, how can you personally use me to affect some people around me? If it's in the smallest way or in a big way, we want to do that together. And Joshua 1 is such a great picture of that. It was a new season for them a new time for them, which I will get into. So again, just to reiterate it, uh, it's August. All the college students are coming back. Yes. Okay. We're excited to reach out. We love you guys. Uh, there's a lot going on on campus. We know there's those butterflies, uh, you know, coming back to school um, and everything being back on campus in the theater again. It seems like a really long time that we've had our campus service. So we're excited about that. For our city people, uh, Pastor Wiles was with, meeting with our city leaders uh, last night. We're going to seven city groups in the fall here. So we've got some new city groups. And we want to, yeah, you can clap for that. Uh, we're excited to invite people into that and this new launch. We know that just across the board, people are making new decisions every fall. They're making new scheduling decisions. And we really want to see what God is doing in that to invite people. Say, hey, you know, where's your spiritual life? Are you, are you in a church? Um, what do you want to do to, to experience community? And let God use us in that way to be others-oriented. We also just have uh, all kinds of new things happening too. I know for us, our daughter is going to a new building. All the parents, you excited about your kids going back to school? Yes? No? Okay. No comment. No comment. Um, I'm nervous, and I, I love the summer. I love sleeping in and having our kids around, but I know for us parents, it's a new season also. You're sending your kids back to school, and you have those normal anxieties. Who are they going to sit with at lunch? Are they going to make good friends? Are they going to be around good people that are influencing them in good ways? Those are all very nerve-wracking things. People have new jobs across the board. We have new babies in our church, which is exciting. Yeah. We need more uh, puddles workers downstairs because our, our group is growing. Our staff, we have three staff families that are pregnant right now. Not my family, but we have some staff families. Yes, yeah, so lots of babies are on the way. We are going to grow this church one way or another, right? So again, that's the title of this teaching. It's a new time. A lot of new things are happening, and we're so excited about it. What a great opportunity to see God working in Joshua's life and in the Israelites' life and how that applies to us. Let's pray again before we dive into Joshua 1. Oh God, we look to You for all things. We love You. We worship You. And we acknowledge together we need You. We want You in our lives. Lord, we want You to open up our spiritual eyes to the new things happening around us. Lord, 
Honestly, sometimes they create anxiety and butterflies in our stomach with the new things that you have for us. But all the more reason for us to lean into you, to trust you, to be filled by your spirit and for you to come alongside us and to know, Lord, it's by your power. It's for your glory. It's through prayer, Lord, and it's through you taking us by the hand and leading us to good places. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to learn from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's dive into Joshua 1. It's a longer passage, but I really wanted to read the whole passage. Uh, chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 1 and go to verse 11. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, that's Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, when you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the, to the right, to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp, tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Here's this amazing passage telling the Israelites this promise of the promised land that you've been hearing about through most of the Old Testament during that time. They've been hearing this for centuries from Abraham and Moses that God had this special land for them. Now, it wasn't coming about as quickly as they had hoped, but now Moses, their great leader, the one that led them out of Egypt, is, de is dead. He's gone. It's a new time. It's a new season. There's butterflies and nervousness there with Joseph or Joshua. And he says to Joshua, it's time. You're going to lead these people into this land that I have been telling you about and you've been hearing about for centuries. Let's break this into three parts. And in this first part, he says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. That passage always sticks out to me. Sometimes God has to remind us of things, even though it's very obvious and some things are very, you know, like Captain Obvious types of things. Why is he saying this to Joshua? Joshua would say, yeah, I know Moses is dead. I'm terrified that I have to take this baton from him. Again, Moses was legendary. He was looked up to uh, by all the Israelites, hearing from God, taking them out of Pharaoh's uh, captivity. 
And now they've just been wandering in the desert. And God has been doing these miraculous things through Moses. And they could be very comfortable with Moses. They could be very confident in Moses. And God says, Moses is dead. It tells us that leaders come and go. We can't always be looking up to some leader and be riding on that those coattails, idolizing these leaders, putting them up on a pedestal and say, well, we're okay spiritually because that leader's leading us. No. What this passage is saying is God is the hero of the story. God was leading Abraham. God was leading Moses. And now God is going to lead Joshua. And He comforts him. He says, I'm going to be with you just as I promised Moses. This is going to happen. And this is our first point, is a new time to take the land. What is this land that we're talking about? Let's go back to Genesis 15, verse 18. So the Lord made a covenant with Abram. This was centuries before that day and said, I have given you this land to your descendants all the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates River. This Euphrates River is up in the northern part of what's Israel today and Egypt down there um, to, the, to the south and to the, the west. God said to Abram, I'm going to give you this land. Now, if you and I were Abram, we would probably be thinking, wow, this is exciting. Maybe this is next week, next month, or next year. God's going to show me something cool, and we're going to get this promise, that this promised land, and it's going to, it's going to be exciting. And the decades went, and more decades, and the time went on, and Abraham died and didn't get to see that promise come true. In Exodus 17, Moses is teaching Joshua about depending on God and the power of prayer and how this is all about God. And this isn't about man. This is God doing His supernatural work at the pace that He wants to do it. And in Exodus 17, it's this beautiful picture because Joshua here, who we're in Joshua 1, but when he was still younger, he was fighting this battle and Moses was praying for him. And as his hands were up, Joshua was moving the armies forward and they were winning. When Moses got tired and his arms went down, Joshua started to lose. It was this amazing picture to tell us and to tell the people of the time, it isn't about your physical life. It isn't about your physical effort. It's about the plan of God, the power of God, and the power of prayer. And Moses holds his hands up as much as he can, and when they begin to fall, he has Aaron and her holding his arms up, and Joshua wins this battle. Joshua is learning these things from Moses as he's getting ready to take the baton. And in Deuteronomy 31.7, Moses says this, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous. There it is again. For you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. Moses came to the realization that as his life was ending, he was going to die and not see this come to fruition. Let's just take a step back from that. Are there things in your life that you've been anxiously awaiting? Are there things in your life that you're like, man, I've been praying for this. I've been hoping for this. And I'm just wondering, why is God taking so long to fulfill this promise, to answer this prayer? I'm like that. I'm sure we're all like that. We want to see God working. We want our prayers to be answered. We want things to be fixed. 
or we want to figure out what's going on. Maybe we're anxious about something today. Maybe we're concerned about the future. How is this new school going to go? This new job, this new thing. I'm, I'm, I'm getting into this deeper relationship with God and I want to know how this ends. And God is asking us to trust Him and be patient. And at these impatient times, we see these amazing things that are happening where God took centuries to answer the people's prayer. Abraham again came and went. Moses came and went. And now it's Joshua's turn. I love this passage about reminding us about God's pace and trusting Him and having faith even when things are difficult. In 2 Peter 3.9 it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God is not slow about His promises as we would count slowness. We want Him to hurry up we want Him to answer these prayers on our timeline. And God says, no, I have this under control. Trust me and be patient. He has a plan and it is a rescue story for all of humanity. He wants people to come to know Him. He wants people to come to repentance and ask Jesus into their life so they might be saved. And everything in His plan is pointing toward that. As we move on to the second point, we see this in verse 5 and 6 as we continue this story with Joshua. It says, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. What a hopeful verse that he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Our second point this morning is that God's power and plan includes you too. God wants you in on this plan of this rescue mission. He loves you. He's saving this world and He's using us in our brokenness. He wants us to be a part of this mission to help people know Jesus. That power through Jesus that's living inside of us if we've asked Christ into our life, it isn't just for the person next to you or behind you or somebody that you hold up and think, oh, that's a really spiritual person. They have God's power in them. No, that power is for you. When you go to school, when you go to work, when you're in your neighborhood, when you're struggling in your sin, whatever those things are that are creating anxiety in you, God is saying, I will never forsake you. I'm with you. I love you. I want to help you personally. It includes you. I have this map that I wanted to show you uh, about the promised land. And just this amazing story that's all through the Old Testament that even continues into this time in the, in the 19th century of, of Israel taking this land and keeping this land and miracle after miracle that all these things that God promised came to fruition. And this little line that's going around is the promised land that Joshua uh, crossed over the Jordan River and took this land. And for you know 40 years, they're out here wandering in the desert off to the west. And they're just wandering and wandering. And he says, finally, I want you to cross this Jordan River, which is right in the middle here. And I don't know how well you can see this, but the Jordan River goes there north and south, connecting the Sea of Galilee down to the Dead Sea. 
And they're right on this uh, east side of the Jordan River. And he says, in three days, in three days, I want you to cross this Jordan River for the first time with all these people. And I want you to go in and start taking this land that I have promised all the way back to Abraham. And what's amazing about that is they go east to west here across the Jordan River. And again, I'm not sure how well you can see. Right in the middle there is this city of Jericho. The very first place they go to fight this battle. They've got all these guys ready in three days. That's not a lot of time. Just imagine all these dudes, okay? They got their armor on, their swords. They're like, wow, we're just getting ready to go and we're going here as this force. And they cross the Jordan and they come to the first city and God says, the first thing I want you to do is worship me. I want you to play some music and dance and march around and pray and worship. And I'm just imagining these big, strong guys like, what? what? I'm ready to just swing my sword at somebody, okay? What's going on here? And God says, no, I want to build this foundation in you. There's going to be no doubt that this isn't about your physical power. I'm going to do a miracle. I'm going to do something supernatural. And this is so important for us to be hearing as I'm encouraging you to cross this Jordan in your life right now. It's about prayer. It's about worship. It's about you personally in your heart, which nobody can see. Nobody understands how you're personally bowing down to Jesus in your life. But this is what he's saying. I want you to go to Jericho and before you swing your sword, I want you to sing. And I want you to walk around the city seven times as the enemy is laughing at you because you can't sing very well and your music's weird and you're playing these instruments. And I want you to just keep walking around praising me and worshiping me so that you know who wins the battle. It's God. It's not us. God wants you praying this week. He wants you worshiping Him. Before we move forward in this city and this campus to start accomplishing things, to take our promised land, to do these spiritual endeavors for God, He's calling every one of us to be in a worshipful place first. So what's the Jordan River in your life right now? What's your Jordan River that needs to be crossed? You know, again, this, this could be something so small, it could be something big. Maybe for some of you that are new, it's like, wow, this is a big step of faith just to come here today. Man, awesome. I praise God for that. Maybe that was a big spiritual step for you to come here today. And we celebrate that with you. Maybe just to come to this picnic and say, man, that's going to be hard for me to be extroverted and just meet some new people. But, but I think God's calling me into community and I don't even know anybody. Is anybody going to talk to me? You know, come to that picnic. We're going to ask you to go on mission with us and start helping us in our ministry as we continue to reach the city and grow our city groups and we're continuing to plant churches. Two of our churches, H2O churches, are planting more churches next summer. We just planted H2O Athens and they're doing awesome down there and we're celebrating with them. And next year, H2O Cincinnati is going to plant in Buffalo. And H2O Kent is planting at Youngstown State University. And God is encouraging us to keep moving forward. But we need you. We need every one of you. We need you to come to the picnic and sign up and say, how can I help this mission? Maybe it's coming to campus. You've never even seen the campus service. And you're going to help us tear down and wrap up some wires. I don't know what God's going to call you to. But we want you to step out in faith.
Maybe it's something very personal. Maybe there's some sins in your life. Maybe there's some unconfessed things in your life that are holding you back. And you're thinking, man, to let this go or to tell anybody about this is kind of that Jordan River experience. Like, God, I, I'll go to church. I'll go to a Bible study. I, I, wanna, I, I like you, Jesus, but my goodness, how much of me do you want? I'm not willing to go out across the Jordan because it's kind of comfortable here. And God's calling you into the water to something new, to confess something, to go into deeper levels of intimacy with you. And it's scary. It's hard. It's challenging. And that's why three times God says this. Let's move on to the next passage. It's so important for us to hear this. He says, I know that this makes your knees knock and it makes you tremble, but He says this, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the left or, the, or to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. There it is again. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The third point is this. Staying in God's presence and in His Word helps us be strong and courageous. We don't muster up strength and courage from within ourselves. We're strong and courageous and we're taking the land because God is so powerful. His presence, you experiencing Him, you being intimate with Him, you reading His Word and letting your mind be filled with the Word of God instead of the words of the world or all the lies that the world throws at us or the lies that come up from within us that I have no value, I can't make a difference in this world, I'm too broken, I'm just messed up and I just need to crawl into a hole. Those are the lies from the enemy that the Word of God flushes out. And when we experience God's presence and we're in His Word, that's the boldest we ever are. When I'm lacking courage and I'm feeling so timid, it's usually because my walk with God isn't very good. I haven't picked up my Bible and I'm not reading. And I just start feeling filled with lies and I become so scared that I'm just going to go into a fetal position and live for myself. And there's no joy in it. It's a real empty place when the Spirit of God is living inside of you. But as we experience His presence and we're in His Word, we become bold as lions. And Joshua went out with the people. They crossed over. They marched around Jericho. It fell. And they just started winning battles for God. And that's important. People are like, why war? I'll tell you why. Those pagan people were so dark. They were so evil. They were so torturous. It's hard to even say in front of children how these pagan people lived and God was coming in with an army to save them, to rescue them from darkness, to bring the truth of God to them. So when they were winning these wars, they're winning spiritual battles. That's what God's calling us to. How are we going to respond today? Let's respond like these people. Let's move on to the last part Verse 16 and 17, they answered Joshua, we will do whatever you command us. 
we will go wherever you send us. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses. And may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. What an awesome response. Joshua, let's go. We're with you. We're terrified, but let's go. We saw God do some pretty cool things through Moses, and we believe because God is real, he's going to do that again. God has done some amazing things in our lives. We should remember that personally. And if he's been faithful to us before, he's going to be faithful in the future. God has been so faithful to our church and building this church and growing this church and providing and helping us plant more churches. God is going to continue to do it. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God being with us. And I love this. Joshua was probably worried, like, gosh, I can't fill the shoes of Moses. I, this is, God, pick somebody else, please, to, to follow Moses, really? And the people said, Joshua, we're with you. We're behind you. Not because of you, but because of the Lord our God. So as we pray, would you step out in faith this week, this month, Ask God, God, what's the Jordan in my life you want me to do? Help me to just take a risk. Help me to, to do something out of my comfort zone. You know, many Christians go their whole lives and never influence anybody for Jesus. A lot of people don't even tell, tell people they are a Christian or to invite them to church or to say, hey, where do you think you're going after you die? To ask some spiritual questions. Some Christians go their whole life and never embrace that. But what if... What if, as you sit there today, God's saying, I want to use you this year to lead someone to Jesus. Wow. Wouldn't that be crazy? He can do it. It's about Him. And it's about us being available.